Good morning, church. That was beautiful with the children, wasn't it? All right. Our children are special. We need to always hold them up in prayer. You know, it's good to teach our children, but it's also good to pray for our children. Uh, The Lord's keeping power over them and that they grow in his power and in his might. So before I begin this morning and uh, bringing the word, I want to go to the Lord in prayer uh, one more time. So let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for your goodness. Lord, for you are good. And Lord, during this time of year, we celebrate you. And this morning, I thank you that our hearts and our minds would be open to receive from you what you have for us here today. Lord, our minds would be on you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, we sing that song every year, and we sang it as our last song during praise and worship, O Come All Ye Faithful. And I love that song, and I like to, to sing that song. And there's a part of that song that says, O Come, Let Us Adore Him. And when we heard that song the week before there, I started looking, thinking about those words, Let Us Adore Him. And I feel like the Lord spoke to me and said, we need to talk about what it means to adore the Lord. And to do that, I I was thinking about this word adore, and I I had a general idea of what adore means, but I wanted to look it up for myself, study it out a little bit, because I think that it gives us some insight into a few things. And I started by going to the dictionary, like a lot of times I do. So looking at the dictionary.com or getting online looking at it, typing in the word adore, this is what came up. To regard with the utmost esteem, love, and respect, honor. To pay divine honor to, this is the second uh, definition, to pay divine honor to or to worship And then I looked up in a Bible dictionary, Easton's Bible dictionary, and it says to worship, to express reverence and homage. So there's even more in that Bible dictionary uh, definition, and we're going to get to some of that next week because we're going to continue talking about. So the title of the message this morning is Let Us Adore Him. Let Us Adore Him. You know, at this time of year, there can be... Uh, lots of distractions, you know, because there's so many extra things going on or different things going on. And so those distractions are not necessarily a bad thing because you can, uh, it's good to have a break and get distracted from the normal uh, grind, if you will, of life. I like Christmas time. I love the decorations. I don't like putting them up, but I like them. I like looking at them. Uh, right after I fry my turkey on Thanksgiving, it's the very next day, my wife is ready for Christmas decorations, and she is just setting those up, and I usually have to get involved in one way, form, or fashion. Uh, I don't necessarily enjoy that part a whole lot. I try my best to enjoy it, that part too, but after it's all set up, I sit back and and I'm sitting down doing nothing and looking at them, I'm having a great time because I'm not working on it. I'm just looking at it and I'm enjoying it. See, I'm able to relax, take a minute and enjoy. And I start thinking about creation and how God created the earth and he created the earth in seven days. Now see, a lot of people say six. I say seven. 
because it was a whole process. Because on the seventh day, it says God rested. That seventh day was just important as the first day. And the reason why is because when we rest, we can focus on what's important. When we rest, we can meditate. We can have relaxation time enough to meditate. To meditate on what? On the Lord, his goodness, what he's done for us. And so I say, yes, the earth itself and, and mankind and every, everything that we see was in six, but that seventh day was so important. And it was part of the, the completing the process. And so as we have all these things to do, and if we could just get a show of hands, who's done with all your Christmas shopping? You are totally done. Ooh, okay, how many still has like all of it to do? You like have every bit of it. Ooh, my goodness. Okay, you're kind of like me. And uh, how many's kind of halfway there, thereabouts or something? You've got some done, still got some, oh yeah, yeah. So see, the busyness still, you know, it just continues. But what I want to say to you this morning, and I want to challenge you, take some time and rest. Rest so you can take time to adore him. Take time to spend with family. Take time to relax and to rest. But also reflect and remember the Lord and adore him. So why should we adore him? And that, that's the question I want to uh, you know, ask and focus on this morning, and we'll, we'll ask a different question next week. But the reason why we should adore him is because of who Jesus is. We should adore him because of who he is. The reason I adore my wife is because of who she is. She's my wife. Now, see, I don't adore any other woman on the face of the planet like I adore my wife. Why? Because of who she is. Now, see, I don't adore any other God or anything like that. I just adore the one and true God. And I worship Jesus Christ. And it's because of who Jesus is, is the reason that we should adore him. And so I want to go over three things of who Jesus is. And there's more because Jesus has many titles. But first and foremost, the first title that he becomes for you and me is number one, our Savior. That who is who Jesus is to us right off the bat. In the beginning, he is our Savior. And I want to look in Luke chapter 2 as part of the, you know, the Christmas story that's read every year. Looking at uh, in Luke chapter 2, and this is where the shepherds were in the fields and the angel appeared to the shepherds. So let's read, picking up in verse 8 of chapter 2. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. So this word Savior here, it means deliverer. And what are we being delivered from? Well, there were several things in the Jews, you know, they were, always, they were looking for the deliverer. Just as the children of Israel were in slavery, 
They cried out for a deliverer and God heard their cry. And from that moment forward, they were looking for this Messiah, the one who would shed his blood and be that ultimate sacrifice to take away the sins of the world. But what were we being delivered from? What was mankind being delivered from? Mankind was being delivered from separation from God. Jesus was a repairer of the breach. The breach was repaired. The relationship was able to be restored because of what Jesus had done. And this is the number one reason why we adore him. Because he has repaired the relationship between us and God. Again, definition of adore. Meaning to regard with the utmost esteem. To love, to respect and honor him. To pay, to pay divine honor to. To worship. This is what we're to do to Jesus. Really every day we are to adore him. And especially at this time we don't want to forget. We want to remember that he came to earth as a deliverer, repairing that breach, coming for you and me so that we can commune with him. That's awesome. God so loved the world that he sent his only son. And so when I think about that, and I think about the Lord and what he's done, when you reflect It brings about emotions, and emotions are good. God made us with emotions. And it brings out and it stirs up our emotions in a way to where we can look, when we look and see what God's done, we're like, I need to love the Lord. I need to worship Him. Love demands a response. And when we adore him, when we love him, it brings out something in us and we reach out to the Lord and the Lord touches us in a special way. It's just awesome. Jesus is our way to the Father. And because of this, we should adore him. Number two, Jesus is our Lord. Jesus is our Lord. So he's our savior and he's also our Lord. In Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 5, Paul was writing to the church and he said this, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. What a wonderful passage. I love reading this passage in the King James. This week I took this passage and I read it in different versions and I will use different versions, uh, you know, as they, as they communicate. But this just, it's just the way it's laid out. I don't know if it's just the wording, how, how it just, maybe it's that old English. I don't know. Maybe I've just read this passage so many times in King James, I can't get past it. I just love 
this passage right here. And there's so much that we could unpack and, and, unpack and, and look at and do in this. But by and large, the, the main focus of this, the main, the main crux of what, what Paul was saying here is that we've got to have this mind in us just as Christ did. He humbled himself. He was God, but yet he fashioned himself as a man. That is some extreme humility. If you're here this morning and, and, and you know, maybe you've been dealing with pride or something in your life, think about that right there, how God humbled himself and came down as a man, and he was fully God and man in the flesh, came down. That's just an awesome thing. And why did he do that? Because he did it out of love for us and he became a servant. And Paul was saying, we need to have this same mind. And who are we serving? Just as Jesus came down and became a servant for us, we are to serve our Lord. He is our Lord. So we serve him. We are to be about his business in everything that we do. Think about that for a minute. In everything that I do, we'll come back to that in a second. This word Lord in the Greek, it means this. He to whom a person belongs, about which he has power of deciding. Master, Lord. Jesus has all authority and the title of Lord indicates someone who has the power to exercise his authority over someone else. A Lord was someone who was served by others. He lorded over someone else. And maybe that sounds like in your ears, it's like, oh, that just doesn't sound right. But see, the thing is, is when we serve our Lord because he's Lord, he's better than any Lord that has ever walked the face of this earth. And it's literally a pleasure to serve him. It's a pleasure to serve him. See, uh, let me say it this way. Maybe you've had such high regard or esteem for someone else, another person. And they asked you to do something. And because you had such high regard, such honor for them, such love for that individual, when they asked, it was like a no-brainer. It was like, absolutely, I'll do that. Because it's a joy to serve someone else that you honor, someone that you respect someone that you hold in high regard. It's a no-brainer. It's easy at that point. It's easy to lay down what you want and do what the other person is asking of you because he's Lord. So now I ask you, is Jesus Lord of your life? Do you adore him? Honor, respect, worship, serve. Is he Lord of your life? First step was Savior. Second step is Lord. 
And with the Lord, there's many things that the Lord will ask of his servants. And we know there's many things that the Lord asks of us. And it all boils back to that one word called love, doesn't it? And so in everything that you do, are you loving the Lord? And part of loving the Lord is loving others. Because Jesus said, as you do it to the person sitting next to you, you've done it to me. That's, that, that's the tough part. Because some of these other people may irritate us. I know some people that irritate me. Some people that I may not be too happy with. But I'm to love them anyways because if I treat them disrespectfully, that's like treating the Lord. It's the same as treating the Lord disrespectfully. I treat them with disrespect, I'm treating the Lord with disrespect. I yell at them, I'm yelling at God. I'm yelling at my neighbor, I'm yelling at the Lord. I'm getting upset, I hold unforgiveness towards them. I'm not in right relationship with God, I've done it unto him. Jesus said, as you've done it to them, you've done it unto me. Have you done to the least of these? Are you walking in love? Is Jesus your Lord in everything that you do? That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And see, here's the key, what makes it easy. Because we don't serve just any Lord. We serve a Lord that has our best interest at heart. It's not just for the sake of obedience It's because of how much he loves us. Because he loved us, we give our life to him. Because he did that great sacrifice of giving his life up, came, born in a manger, lived his life in serving others, loving us so much, that's what we're to give back, being that living sacrifice, as the word says, living sacrifice for him. Jesus as Savior, Jesus as Lord. I adore him because of who he is. He is my deliverer. He is my Lord. Mm, That is so good. Number three, Jesus is our king. Jesus is king. Let's read in John chapter 18, verse 37. This is when Jesus was standing before Pilate. Therefore, Pilate said to him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Now, I also want to read in Revelation 17, verse 14. For he is, talking about Jesus, the Lord of lords and king of kings. And those with him are called and chosen and faithful. Now the title of king indicates someone who has power to exercise absolute dominion over his realm. Did you catch that? See, there's a difference between Lord and king. Lord is exercise, someone who has power to exercise his authority over someone. King is much larger. King is one who has power to exercise absolute dominion over all of the realm. He is king over all. And he is our king. Yes, he's our savior, 
we submit to him as Lord, then we submit to him as our king. Now that looks a little different than Lord. It's very similar, but looks a little different. Because see, when, you know, I was, I was reading something the other day about North Korea. And the, it's so awful there for so many Many don't know really even how awful it is because they are so hidden from the outside world and the things around them. They don't know the things. They, they don't understand, you know, some of the modern conveniences that we have. They, they don't have some of those. They have some, but they don't, ha- I mean, they don't have internet. They can't just go Google it. They don't know what a Google is. Because they don't have that. You know, everything is regulated. And the, as a matter of fact, when you come into the ruler, the dictator, into his presence, you have to acknowledge him. And if you don't, you're going to a work camp. And if you do something, the streets are monitored, people, there's soldiers everywhere, they're looking at the people all the time. If you speak out against the ruler or complain, that is cause enough for that soldier at that time to take you and you go to a work camp. And a lot of people don't survive the work camp. But see, we serve a different kind of ruler that's not going to break out the whip when I get out of turn, right? Or when I say something that I'm not supposed to say. I serve a kind ruler. I don't serve an oppressive supreme ruler. That's what he's called over there in North Korea, supreme ruler. That's what they call him. They have to, people around him, they're supposed to smile in his his presence And act like they're happy. But because our God is so good, and church, he is so good, I don't have to put on a fake smile. I don't have to walk on eggshells around my God. I don't have to, I don't have to be a certain way. I don't have to be restricted in my life. I have freedom. Paul wrote, He says, you know, about the liberty. He wrote about the liberty. He said, stand fast in the liberty, which is the freedom that you have. Christ has made us free. We don't have to be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. What is that? Sin, the things of this world. I'm not, I don't have to be in that. I don't have to be in bondage to that because when I'm in that stuff, I'm miserable, I've said it before, sin is like chocolate-covered feces. Not to gross you out. But it looks good on the outside because the enemy deceives and he, it looks so great, but then when you take a bite out of it in the, in the last, it's just, it's not good for you. And you realize, you're like, I really, and you start beating yourself up, and you're like, ah, I really shouldn't have done that. But see, when you realize that Christ has made us free from that, and you run to him, and you adore him, 
those things begin to drop off. But see, you have to adore him for those things to drop off. How many hear what I'm talking about dropping off? The more you fall in love with him, those things that are not pleasing to him begin to drop off. Your behavior begins to change a little bit. Those things begin to drop. Why? Because you realize the goodness of God. We should adore, regard him with the utmost esteem, love, respect, honor, and worship God because of who he is and simply because he is good. He is just good. In Psalms 107 verse 1, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his loving kindness is everlasting. In Psalms 119.68, you are good and do good. Church God is the original definition of good. He is good in and of himself. See, for us, goodness is an added quality. It's not that, you know, it's something that we've got to, we've got to strive at. We've got to work at. Goodness. But God just is goodness. He is. I like it. You know, God, he just is love. He just is good. He just is patient. He just is kind. Uh, You know, I I mean, I wish it was that way for me. But see, what what, what happens? It kind of becomes that. The more that I adore him, the more I become like him. So then I become more loving. It's easy. This is why Jesus said in Mark 10, 18, there is none good but one, that is God. But the more that we seek after God, the more that we run after him, the more that we come and adore him, the more that we look and we see why we sh- who he is as the reason is why we should adore him that he is our deliverer he is our savior he is our lord and he is good he is our king we serve a good king we serve a good lord we have a savior someone who loves us and when we see that and we recognize that love love demands a response And our response to the love of the Father who sent his only son to be born in a manger is adoration. The whole definition. That whole definition of adoration. To regard with the utmost esteem, love, respect, and honor. To worship him. To express reverence to our God. Amen? This time, we have an opportunity. Today is the 18th. Is that right? Today is the 18th. We've got a few more days until the big event, till Christmas, to where maybe the family comes over or maybe you're traveling, you're going somewhere else, and you wake up on that Christmas morning and, you, you know, you, maybe you do presents at that time or, or whatever it is. But we have time between now and through Christmas, really now through the end of this year, to take time to rest. Take time to meditate. To meditate on his word. Don't allow the busyness and all of the things that are going on 
to mess you up, to get you out of sorts, to get you to a place. You know, uh, for some people, the holidays can even be kind of a, a depressing time because of maybe something that happened during this time years ago and in and, and, and a family member, you know, that, that something that happened or, you know, in the family. Or, you know, it can be a kind of a depressing time just because of all the stuff you got to do. And you're just like, I wish I didn't have to do all this stuff or we didn't do all these things and I could just relax a little bit, you know? Have you ever felt like that a little bit, maybe? But, you know, even if that's you and you're in that spot and maybe it's not, you know, the most, uh, you know, happy time or joyous time of the year, take some time to meditate on the Lord, to adore him and allow God to come and heal that up. Allow God to come and change that for you. Because I believe that every day of the year, we can, be, we can be, we can walk, we can live in love. We can walk in the joy of the Lord and allow the joy of the Lord to be our strength. Regardless of what has happened in years past or times past at this time of year, regardless of the way the current circumstance is at the moment, regardless of how busy things are or how busy things are just about ready to get, you know, for us, it's, 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 oh man, I'm not looking forward to this. We got all this work to do, all this, you know, all of that, despite all of that, the joy of the Lord can be our strength. When we adore the Lord, when we come and adore him, our savior, our Lord, our King, and we recognize that he is a good God, when we do that, all of that other stuff It just doesn't even matter. We can go through it with a smile on our face. We can have that joy. We can have that presence. And let's bring that into the new year. Amen? So we'll do more on this next week. Can we all stand? This morning, the end this morning is going to be a little easier than the end of the service on Friday night. Friday night, we're just, we're going to, we're going to sing a little bit at the end and we're going to adore the Lord. We're going to worship the Lord. But today, I want us to reflect and examine because this is the beginning. This is the start right here, right now. And we reflect and we examine and look at our hearts. Yes, he's my savior. Or is he my savior? If you're here in this place, now's the time that you can give your life over to God and he can become your deliverer, your savior. Two, is he my Lord? Am I serving him all of the days As I go through, you know, the things I do, my behavior, how is my behavior? Is he my Lord? Do I recognize God as my king? Am I submitted to his kingship? Do I recognize him as savior, Lord, and king? So let's reflect on that. And let's commit to the Lord that during this time, that there's nothing that's going to hold us back from adoring him. 
There is nothing. We're going to break every hindrance that would hinder us from adoring the Lord during this time. These next few weeks here, going into the new year, and we want to continue into that new year adoring the Lord. Can we do that here this morning? So if that's you, let's just lift our hands to the Lord and let's just go to him. Just as it opened, like a sign of surrendered him saying, Lord, you are my savior. Our hands are raised saying to you, Father God, you sent your son, Father. Lord, to be born in a manger, to be that savior for us. He is our savior, our deliverer. Repairing that breach Lord, so that we could speak to you, so that we could talk to you, so that we could commune with you. And Father, we thank you for sending your son to be born in that manger for us. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor for it. Lord, and we thank you, Lord, and we give our lives to you and submit to your lordship during this time. Lord, that we'd be totally 100% submitted to you as Lord and as King. And right now we break every hindrance that comes around at this time of year that comes to distract us from the main message of this year. We break all the busyness right now, all depression, all discouragement, and we put it under our feet right now in the name of Jesus. And we open up ourselves to you fully here this morning, 100%. We open up our lives totally to you and we say we adore you our savior our lord and our king lord hallelujah and just as gifts were brought before you in that manger we bring the gift of ourselves to you right now we lay ourselves at your altar right now we lay ourselves at your feet submitted wholly unto your lord unto your authoritativeness right now. Lord, your authority over us, over our families in this earth right now. We submit to you, Lord, and as you give us instructions during this time, Lord, open doors for us that we would run through. And Lord, that we'd be obedient to you and what you have for us during this time of year in Jesus' name. Lord, we give you all glory. We give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Can we give him a big hand? clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Father, we love you, Lord. Hallelujah.